There's plenty of bad news out there. How about some good news? The book of Proverbs says that good news from a far country is like cold waters to a thirsty soul. I'm glad you're listening, because I do have good news. It's from a far country, so get out a tall glass. My name is Dean Kirshner, and I'm part of the Ministry of Gospel Link. As you can tell by the name, Gospel Link is centered on the good news of Jesus Christ, who He is, what He has done, and what He is doing today. Every time I pour a cup of good news for you, I spend time in prayer. I ask the Lord to bless what I say. I ask the Lord to encourage those of you who listen. I am continually asking the Lord to give me good content. I mean, I can pour the cup, but the good news happening in the world comes from the Lord's hand. He is the one that works salvation in the midst of the earth, and He is the one calling and bringing the nations into His kingdom. If He doesn't work, there won't be any good news. So recently, I felt the Lord prompt me to share an episode that I've titled Prayer and Provision. Most of the episodes you hear are stories and testimonies of what national preachers are doing out there in the world, how they're spreading the gospel among their own people, how they're enduring hardships, how they're overcoming, how they are discipling and planting churches among their own people. As a field director with Gospel Inc., I get to see firsthand how the kingdom of God is growing like leaven in the lives and villages where national people are taking God's word. But the spread of the gospel is not a mere task requiring funding or strategy or effort. A spiritual change and a spiritual endeavor must be fortified with spiritual supply. If we somehow think that our economy or our education or even our Western culture can bring forth conversion or repentance or convince men of truth, then aren't we looking to ourselves for power? And the Lord Jesus reminded us to pray, saying, Thine is the power and the kingdom and the glory. In the same context, Jesus told us not to go work the kingdom into existence or to fund the kingdom into being. He told us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I remember one of the first times I experienced God's provision through prayer. It was back in 1993. The year before, I had spent most of my savings to go to Russia for three months on a missions trip. What an experience. For the first time in my life, I lived in a culture in which the massive majority had never read God's Word. As a result, people were starving for spiritual truth. Oh, how I wanted to return to Russia. Not because I liked the long winters. Not because it was some kind of vacation. It wasn't. It was actually difficult living away from my family. 
and being hampered by not speaking the language. But I loved being a part of bringing the gospel to meek and seeking people. There was one problem. I was out of money. What was I going to do? Now, I could work, and actually I was doing that. In fact, that is where I was praying. I remember putting shingles on an end-unit townhouse, and I was praying, Lord, what am I going to do? I want to serve you in Russia, and they need workers. I want to go. I knew by this time in my life that the Lord of the Harvest didn't need Dean Kirshner. I was praying for his direction and provision. Lord, I can't go back without money. But I know you can lead me. What do you want me to do? What are you going to do? And as clear as day, I can envision where I was standing there on the edge of that roof. A verse of scripture went through my mind. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every purpose be established. I stopped. This wasn't a verse about missions. It wasn't a verse about money. In fact, I didn't even know the reference to that verse at that time. I had not heard it in a sermon recently. I had not read it in my devotions. But it was as clear as day. And I pondered that thought. I sensed the Lord say that if he sent two or three donations my way, then I could be assured that he was sending me back to Russia. Okay. So how do we know when it is God's work and not ours? How do we know that he has sent us and that we haven't mustered it up with our own cunning? Hudson Taylor told his people, God's work done God's way will never lack God's supply. He encouraged people not to take their needs to other people, but to watch God move others' hearts through prayer. I had decided at that time not to tell other people that I needed funds to go to Russia. In other words, I did not write a missions letter asking for support. I decided to pray and hope for God's provision. I knew he could, I just didn't know if he would. Oh, I'm not saying that it's wrong to share needs or to let people know your desire to go into ministry. But as for me, I needed to know God was directing me. I had friends and relatives whom, if I had asked, would probably have given gladly to support me. But I wanted to know that my Lord was sending me. So I purposed to pray only to him and watch for his provision. However, the clock was ticking. The organization with whom I was working wanted to know if I was going back to Russia in March. I told them that I thought I was, and that I wanted to, but I wasn't sure yet. A week later, they called and explained they needed to purchase an airplane ticket soon. Yes, I understood that, but um, I didn't have the money yet. They gave me a deadline. I prayed, Lord, you see the deadline, and I don't have any witnesses yet. You told me two or three. I waited. And then one night, I was over for supper to the Hooper's house. 
We always have a good time at the Hoopers. We laugh, tell stories, and we eat well. I talked to them about what I had seen God do in Russia, but I never mentioned money. I told them that I planned to return and do more work there, but I did not put an if clause to it. When the evening was over, and I headed out to the driveway, their son, my buddy, walked out with me. He's a couple years younger than I am, but we had worked together a lot. We played basketball together. We went to church together. As he said goodbye to me, he passed me an envelope. And he said, I know you want to go back to Russia. And I don't know if you need this or not, but I felt like I should give it to you. And in my heart, I said, Lord, that's one. My friend had given me $100. Certainly not the 2000 that I needed. But I wasn't looking for money. The Lord had told me that he would provide if I had two or three witnesses. <laughs> that was one. But then came the excruciating waiting and watching. Day followed day. And I was really in a dilemma. What if God sent me only one witness? Then what? The deadline came and went on a Friday. No more witnesses and no more money. God had been giving us clear weather, so I was roofing every day, and I could see my own bankroll growing. I was willing to spend and sacrifice for the Lord's work, but what I really needed was another witness. My organization said that they could make an exception for me, but they really need to hear from me by Monday. Monday expired and nothing happened. I didn't call the organization, because I didn't know what to say. Maybe I had misheard the Lord. Maybe that verse had just come to my mind and wasn't really the Holy Spirit's prompting. I think we all know how our mind plays tricks on us, right? I think it was Tuesday, and I came home from a long day of work. My mom said, they called today, and they need an answer whether you're going or not. I knew this was the end of the rope. I looked at the clock, and it was after five. I couldn't call them. Their offices were closed. Then suddenly I realized that, no, wait, they are on central time. I still had 40 minutes left to call and confirm my going or my not going. Maybe I should send out a fundraising letter. What was God's will? I walked into the bathroom. I looked in the mirror. Now, I, I don't know why I'm looking in the mirror when I prayed. I'm not praying to myself, but maybe I just wanted to see what I look like as I pray. You know, I want to see what does God see? Lord, what am I supposed to do? There was no answer. Sometimes God is silent. I went out and sat on the couch, and I decided that I would just watch the clock tick down. Mom was frying something up in the kitchen, but she walked over and tossed me a couple envelopes. Here, she said, you got some mail today. I looked at the envelopes, and one was a personal letter from a family of one of my Sunday school kids, Ed and Elaine. I tore open the letter and I read, we don't want you to leave, but if God wants you to go to Russia, we want to help you. And with it, there was a check.
the amount wasn't important. I had my second witness. With less than an hour to go for the final, final deadline, I called and told him to get me a ticket to Moscow. Has God ever given you provision through prayer? You know, one of the dangers that we face in the West is that we can do ministry with our own funding and in our own strength. Our Western affluence is so great, sometimes we don't need faith to serve in the ministry. But then, are we doing His work or are we doing our work? Now, I don't know the answer there, but I can share another story. It was nine years later. I'm living in Moscow. I have a wonderful, godly wife who is Russian. I have a beloved little baby boy. I have another baby boy on the way. By this time, I'm working with the church and I'm teaching in two universities. My Russian language skills have improved, but I am also watching Russia change. 10 years after the fall of the USSR, people had begun to pursue the riches of capitalism. And Jesus warned us that these choke out his word. The spiritual hunger was noticeably diminishing in Russia. What was I to do? Not only that, but despite being full-time in missions work in Russia, we only had two supporters. Dave and Sue faithfully sent us money every month. And another lady in Montana sent us $100. Our support was $300 a month. That's what we were living on. Now, our spending budget was about $500 a month. And like I said, another baby was on the way. You don't need to be a mathematician to ask the question, what am I supposed to do? I know that God moved Elijah by drying up the provision that the ravens brought him. That's how Elijah knew it was time to change and time to move places. Was God trying to get us to move out of Moscow? to maybe a less expensive region in Russia? Was God directing us to another part of the Soviet Union? We didn't know. You know, it would be easy to simply Google God's will for my life. <laughs> but he is too superior to lower his information to the internet. God still wants his people to pray. And pray we did. My wife and I decided to pray fervently every day about direction. At least I prayed fervently. I felt a huge responsibility for my young family. And again, I didn't want to be irresponsible or stupid. Lord God, I cried, you know how I love Russia, but it's changing. I've also changed. You've given me this wife and, and now these babies. What do you want? Lord, I, I don't have to know now. I mean, it's only March, but we really, really, really need your direction by the time the school year is out. I can go back to roofing in Maryland if that's what you want. But if you want us to stay in ministry, you have to show us where and you have to provide. Please, Lord, please, Lord, please show me. Isn't that funny? I'm praying fervently and I really, really want God to answer me. But I'm telling him that he has some time to get around to me. You know, I'm feeling desperate now in March, but Lord, you can take your time. Just show me by May, please. <laughs> oh, in less than two weeks, I got an email. 
David Broth and I were together in Russia back in 1992. He and I shared common spiritual passions, but I had only seen him twice since then. The email was from David. He wrote, Dear Dean, I'm doing some part-time accountant work with a ministry which is working with national preachers in Africa. They are looking for some godly men who would represent them and work with them, and I thought it would tell you about this opportunity. David didn't know we were praying. David didn't know that ministry in Moscow was changing and, in a sense, drying up for me. David didn't know that $300 a month was soon no longer going to be enough for our family to live on. But David told me that he would support us if we came to work with this ministry. The ministry was Gospel Link. If David had sent me that email the year before, I wouldn't have even contacted Gospel Link. I mean, I live in Moscow. I married a Russian. I've spent 10 years studying the Russian language. Why would God send me to Africa? Or worse yet, why would God send me back to the USA to help Africans? To help Africans be trained and sent and sustained. It didn't make sense unless the Lord realized how tired of winter I was. I marveled. Africa? Really? But it was a perfect provision from prayer. We did not immediately say, yes. I mean, after all, God knew that I didn't have to make a decision until May. But by June, I had met Louis Nelms, and I had met Willie Hunter, and I knew God had sent me provision. God had sent me direction. You know, working in Gospel Inc. has had challenges. There were nights when the pressure on me was so great I couldn't sleep. There were times that I wasn't sure how God was going to provide. There's been conflicts and failures in Africa with people I'm serving. But I've never thought that God did not direct me to this work. I know he did. How about you? What are you doing in life? Is it God's direction? Has he provided for you through prayer, your work, your church community, your children's direction? I don't mean money. It could be many other decisions. Like the time I was preparing a sermon in Florida. <laughs> it was Saturday night, and the following morning I was going to be speaking at Life Point Church. I had spoken there before, and I have many dear friends there. But I didn't expect anyone to sign up to sponsor a preacher. I'd been there. This Sunday was more to give a report and an update from the past couple of years. And LifePoint only has about 150 to 180 people. Half of those are snowbirds. But as I prepared my PowerPoint presentation, there was a thought that I couldn't get out of my mind. An orphanage. I had served with Gospel Inc. now for nearly 10 years and God had put on my heart a desire to help build an orphanage. But how was I going to find the right people? Hmm. I had met a lot of godly national people by then who really wanted to serve the Lord and who really wanted to care for children in their region. But they just didn't have financial resources. So how in the world am I going to raise this kind of support? I mean, an orphanage means buildings and clean water and future education. This was way out of my realm of experience. 
This was way beyond anything that I could imagine. This was beyond what I could ask or think. And then I thought of George Mueller. What he did was out of the realm of his ability too. So I prayed, God, should I even mention an orphanage? Tomorrow? I mean, I haven't even talked to my gospeling leadership about this. God didn't say no. And on the next day, I remember just mentioning, for the first time ever, I hadn't even talked to my wife, that I was considering an orphanage that could be and would be run by national people. I had no brochures. There was no website. I didn't have a flow chart of how it would run. Just a vision and just one sentence. And just prayer the night before. There was no literature on my table, which people could pick up to read. But a man I'd never met before approached me with zeal. He was new to the church, and he had never heard me. I'm Mike, he said. God has given my wife Kathy and me a great love for children. You mentioned children and an orphanage, and we're on board. I've got to run now, but if you do this, let us know, and we want to help. Mike left in a hurry. I think he had an afternoon family event planned or something, and I had probably gone too long speaking in the morning service. But you know what? Mike and Kathy were God's provision. They introduced me to many others who love God and who love children, and today Harvest Hope Home exists on the shores of Lake Malawi. Children's lives have been saved. Young people have accepted Christ and been baptized. A school is in operation, and a high school is in the process of being developed. Who did it? Dean? Gospel Inc? Mike and Kathy? <laughs> oh, I think we are co-laborers. But unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. The Lord has built. The Lord is building. Our work for him and for the things that he loves is not in vain. The Lord has provided, not only for those orphans in Africa, but for my own faith. You see, life is not easy. We face loss, don't we? Betrayal, sickness, uncertainty. We eventually even face death. Being in the ministry or being in missions does not prevent these difficulties or challenges. But I have learned that I can pray to my Lord and He can provide. I don't know where you are. I don't know how you're struggling. I don't know what decisions you're facing. But let me tell you one more, one more personal anecdote. I don't usually pray on my knees. I usually pray in the car. Or I pray lying down in my bed. Or truthfully, I pray throughout the day, communing in my spirit with the Lord. But I remember the day I was desperate. This particular morning, I was on my knees. Lord, please help me. I'm overcommitted. We've got a farm we're developing. We've got a building we're trying to build. We've got containers we're sending over. We need funds, Lord. We need people. I don't know how to ship containers. I don't know how to get things through customs. I don't know how to grow bananas. Lord, please help me. Lord, there's so much need. I'm trying to help your people, but I don't have the money. You gave a vision. You gave counsel. 
Lord, you need to provide. Lord, please help me. I would like to say I was praying fervently, but I think it was more like desperately, which is a term I've used before here, haven't I? Maybe it's the same thing. I told the Lord over and over that he needed to help me. I was trying to be humble and not too demanding. I, I was trying to let him know that I knew that I had a need, that I needed him. And almost like a rebuke, I heard the words, I'm not going to help you. I was so stunned, I opened my eyes and quit praying. Okay, I thought, and I just stopped praying. I sat quietly wondering why I had got that thought in my mind. I'm not going to help you. You are going to come help me. His is the kingdom. His is the power. Is it our work? Is it our kingdom? Is it our ministry that he just comes along once in a while and helps us? Or is it his kingdom? Is it his work? If we really understood this, then prayer would become a time of praise. And our supplication would be for him to lead us and show us and provide what he wants in our lives and ministries. I didn't get a check in the mail after praying that morning. But I did get an answer. I did get direction. I got a provision of faith. Oh, eventually, God raised up a couple from Maryland to fund what he wanted to do in Malawi. God sent another couple from Arkansas to love and support the orphanage work. Even today, this orphanage, Harvest Hope Home, is running because God has raised up a family in Knoxville, Tennessee, who supports it annually. And you know what I've learned? There is a God who provides. There is a God who hears prayer. His is the kingdom. His is the power. And His is the glory. Like I said earlier, I don't know where you are. Maybe you're praying about something even now. Are you praying about missions? Are you praying about God using you to reach the nations? Gospel Link is 25 years old and has a proven model of training, launching, and sustaining national preachers to make disciples and plant churches. Right now, we need more representatives. Even part-time people or volunteers who could share what God is doing in the indigenous church and among these countries in the outermost parts of the earth. Are you praying about your money? Lay up treasures in heaven. Make an investment in a man planting a church in a country like Nepal or in India. There are people on the other side of the world who are praying and I believe that God wants to use us on this side of the ocean to be his means of provision. Imagine a national preacher hearing that a Christian in America wants to support him to be full-time in reaching his people. Oh boy, that, my friends, to them is good news. Ah.